Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We would be honored if you would join us. Holy crap, man. What a massive episode tonight. Tonight, we got so much jam-packed into one ep. So without further ado, let's break it all down. And then at the end, I'm going to give you my full theories on probably like 10 different things and 10 different outcomes that we could get after this episode. So if you just want the theories, jump to the very end of the video. If you want the breakdown of everything in between that we saw in this episode and all the different places and planets and what happened here and there, then enjoy. First off, this episode starts with the crew escaping in space as they finish another mission for Sid. So we got a bit of a time jump from the last episode, maybe a few days or a week at the most. This puts Wrecker's headache further into progression for Order 66. As they head back to Sid's cantina, Hunter notices a cloaked man in the background, as we see his eyes peering over his drink spying on the batch. Who could this be? As Hunter settles with Sid for their cut of the mission, we see Star Wars popcorn as Omega and Wrecker eat at the town market. This was really fun to see, and I know the chat loved it, as I noticed you guys were just going crazy. Sid talks to the Batch, we hear blaster fire, Rex empties the cantina, and yes it's Rex, surprise, you already know, as he lowers his hood to for us to finally see who he is. This is Captain Rex. If you didn't watch the Clone Wars and Rebels, what are you doing? Okay, anyway, so he was Anakin Skywalker's best clone captain, and sort of his right-hand man next to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Rex says that he's been keeping a low profile, and we learn that the Imperial files on him have him listed as killed in action. And this is what he wants, because having a low profile at this point is probably the best thing for him. When we left him in the end of Season 7 of Clone Wars, him and Ahsoka had crash-landed on a planet that was later visited by Darth Vader and Stormtroopers. Now that moment was not the same as this moment in time where we see the Bad Batch in Order 66, as we see that Stormtroopers haven't been indoctrinated yet in the Empire. They're trying for it, Tarkin's pushing for it, but it hasn't happened just yet, it's still clones. So. We can see that that point in time at the end of Star Wars Clone Wars Season 7 was actually a time jump and we haven't gotten there yet. So as to where Ahsoka and Rex have been in this time, we don't really know, but it's nice to see where he is right now and what he's been up to since that moment where they crash landed. Now, Rex was the one that we saw the Martez sisters speaking to at the end of the last episode naturally with her connection to Ahsoka, and of course R7 that we saw with them, Rex would be in comms with the Martez sisters too. As Omega meets Rex, she observes his face and says that he's a first generation clone. This is very perceptive of Omega, 
and I feel like she has maybe some, not just force abilities in some sort of sense that are very, very weak and haven't been developed yet, which I feel like may be developed once she possibly meets Ahsoka and goes under her wing, giving way to her coming back in some sort of a live action show as uh, Ahsoka's possible, I don't know about apprentice, but trained Padawan uh, to a certain degree. And this could very well be Ahsoka's very first apprentice, sort of. Anyways, I digress. She says he's one of the first generation clones, which means that he's one of the original clones to have been made, as there were different generations that came over the years and over time. Also keep in mind that clones have accelerated aging. So while Rex may just be, let's say, I don't know, 10 years old, he's really 20, which of course he's much older than that. Rex notices Wrecker groaning as he grabs his head telling him it's nothing, it's just his head hurting for a while, which has gotten progressively worse. Rex grabs for his blaster, immediately on guard as he knows what this is. Order 66 is something that they don't want to ignore, he says. He's seen what happened to his brothers, and to himself, and doesn't want to bury any more of his brothers. As we remember in Clone Wars 7, when Order 66 was executed, Rex was the only clone in history to fight off the effects of the mind control for several seconds in order to give Ahsoka a moment to protect herself because of his love for her. I believe he is by far one of the strongest clones mentally. And I believe, as we see later, Wrecker couldn't really control himself. However, there was a moment that I would like to dive into once we get to that in this breakdown, where he actually did a pretty good job. And you might not have noticed it, but he did slow down his words and was really trying to fight through before he almost killed Omega. Now the clones agreed to have their chips removed. Great, we're making progress. And Rex leads them to Bracca. Now, Bracca is the planet that we see at the start of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, with Cal Kestis. This is where Cal worked. This planet was a scrapyard for old Vanader ships and ships in general, now that the Empire, especially, was in command. They had to be careful as scrap guilds patrolled the area very, very tightly. Now, to give you a quick rundown, and you can skip maybe 45 seconds from this moment if you don't want to hear the rundown of Bracca and Jedi Fallen Order, I will say that Bracca was established as a scrapper yard during the Clone Wars. They favored the CIS, the Confederacy of Independent Systems, the Separatists, Dooku side, in other words, and now they had the agenda for dismantling all Republic ships to kind of gain favor with the Empire. Cal Kestis sought a new life with the Scrappers after he escaped Order 66, as he hid his Force powers for five years, pretending to just work there and be, you know, a regular worker, a regular person. When we met him in the game at age 17, him and his buddy Prof are working on the Scrapyards. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline when they get into an accident, and Cal uses the Force to save his friend's life. This of course alerts the Inquisitors, namely the Second and Ninth Sister. As they land and question the workers, they end up killing Prof, who voiced his distaste for the Empire, when Cal ignites his lightsaber and attacks the Second Sister, giving himself away that he's the Jedi that they were looking for. 
Rex's plan here is to take the boys aboard one of the old Vanader ships and use the medbay equipment to extract the chips from their brains, just like Ahsoka did for him in Clone Wars Season 7. Dodging the Scrapper Guild, they head inside a Vanader ship. Crossing a wire, Wrecker shows us his fear of heights once again. He gets in some trouble as he climbs over the wire, again showing us his fear of heights. He is attacked by a Dianoga, and this is the same creature from, well not the exact same, but it's the same species of creature that we see in A New Hope when Luke, Han, and Leia are trapped in the trash compactor. Eventually they get to the medical lab, Wrecker starts to really get triggered by the equipment and the lights as his brain is being scanned, and it's kind of like it speeds up the process and sets something off. Mind you, this episode is a time jump from the last week's episode, so they've probably witnessed a week of time or maybe even more themselves, progressing Wrecker's chip in his brain. Now Omega's pretty skeptical. She says maybe this won't work on Wrecker, maybe it kills him. She fears something will go wrong and she'll be left alone. And this to me shows that the boys are all that she has now. They're really important to her, they're like family. If they're not around, she'll be alone in the galaxy. I wonder if she still feels a connection towards her motherly figure, Nala Say. Wrecker's chip is really acting up now, the music, which was amazing this episode, starts to turn very ominous very quickly. Wrecker's just about to get a sedative from Tech to relax him as his pupils dilate and the chip activates. Grabbing his brother by the throat, he tells him that he's in direct violation of Order 66, throwing him into the wall and attacking the rest of Clone Force 99. Now this fight scene was pretty damn amazing. It was actually very thrilling and very scary, knowing a massive powerhouse like Wrecker is taking on all of the Bad Batch. Now they're all pretty strong in their own right and they each have their very special skills. However, to see Wrecker, kind of like the Hulk, just turn against everybody really shows just how powerful he is. And to see he has this childlike personality where he may be seen as the comic relief if he is more serious or angered or let's say triggered by something like Order 66, we can see just how lethal he is. I truly believe he is the strongest of the brothers taking them all out quite easily as we see. Discarding of Hunter and the rest of them, he focuses on Omega in a game of cat and mouse. Finally getting to her, pointing the blaster at her face, and about to fire, he pauses. And this is the part that I wanted to talk about. I believe this was his equivalent to Rex buying time for Ahsoka, fighting against the chip as much as he could. Maybe not as well, but close enough. And mind you, mid-Order 66, so not even you know right at the beginning during the transition, where Rex was still a part of himself. So perhaps he's just as mentally strong as Rex. You be the judge of that. Omega's scene as she's about to die was quite sad, and it made me realize how much I actually now like Omega. Not that I didn't before, but I actually see her as, you know, part of the crew now. You know, she's one of us. Wrecker fights against it as hard as he can, and we can see this as he's slowing down his speech as he says, good soldiers follow orders. As his finger is about to pull the trigger, he is stunned by Rex who saves the day. And uh, I mean, of course, you know, who else is gonna save the day at this point? It's gotta be Rex. They all get Wrecker in the lab and operate on him, waiting for him to wake up. The music here in the scene as they wait is really, really cool with Rex examining his helmet. It was very beautiful. It was the old Clone Wars theme for the clones, but just now in this different melodic tone, with different instruments. Wrecker is okay. He wakes up and greets Omega and his brothers. Rex applies the same procedure on the rest of his brothers, and we get a touching moment between Wrecker and Omega as he confirms. He tried to control it as hard as he could, but he just couldn't stop. 
they share space popcorn together and it was it was a really nice scene man i i feel like i got a little emotional during that scene but hey what else is new for me we cut to rex speaking to his calm as hunter approaches he says to someone who i think could be ahsoka it could be gregor it could be wolf but i really think is ahsoka because i don't think he's saved gregor or wolf yet at this point so let's call it ahsoka he says that he'll meet her at the rendezvous at the next rotation unless he's speaking to the martez sisters which he might be. They share some words as Rex believes the Republic isn't all gone. This shows us the same old optimistic Rex that we know and love and shows a bit of a difference between Hunter and Rex that Hunter is a bit more pessimistic. He says, well, what's left of the Republic? And Rex says, well, us. And this is that same sort of personality that Anakin Skywalker had during the Clone Wars as well. Nothing was ever really over. So Rex believes the Republic isn't all gone that they are still here and they can still be a force for change. Hunter tells him that he has to protect Omega and do what's best for his squad. And we can tell they're both about to part ways here. They shake hands and Rex walks into the clouds, but not before Hunter tells him that if he ever needs help, to call him. So this opens up the future of episodes or different shows that maybe they'll help one another again and come to each other's aid and, you know, we'll see them again. Maybe we'll see Hunter and the Bad Batch in perhaps the Ahsoka show, if it's going to be live action, you know, with Rex coming in, or in another animated show that we could see, which would be rad. Or maybe even we'll see Rex again at the end of this season. Now, as they leave, and as I think Rex is going to meet Ahsoka, or I guess maybe the Martez sisters, or perhaps to save Gregor and Wolf, we see someone scoping in on them, and we see it's the Scrapper Guild. They control this entire planet. The Watcher tells his partner to notify the Empire as intruders are confirmed on the Jedi Cruiser. So whoever this is, whoever these are, with their Revan-esque looking mask, maybe they're fanboys, they know of the Jedi and they are connected to the Empire in some way to at least inform them, having chosen their side already. Now Bracca was established as a scrapper yard, as I mentioned earlier in the video. So what could happen here at this point is the Empire will come looking for the Bad Batch, which they'll eventually have to evade the Empire. Tarkin will inform Crosshair, and Crosshair might be tasked with going up against his brothers, tracking them down, if he's not, you know, stationed with training stormtroopers, that is. I think we could see some very, very early Inquisitors. I also think Vader could enter the scene with Crosshair eventually, but it's a bit too soon for that. The boys now know how to save Crosshair, so they will try to knock him out like they did Wrecker, and bring him here to operate on him. This could bring him back to the crew like he once was, without the influence of the inhibitor chip, as they'll go up against Inquisitors or even Vader himself, because I feel like it's sort of a balancing act with shows and movies. You know, you redeem one of the characters, let's say you redeem Crosshair, well, now the other side is a bit empty, they're a bit light. So who do you add on to that plate? You add Inquisitors or you add in Vader. I don't think we'll see Ahsoka this season, maybe at the very, very end, maybe in a deleted scene even, but it would take away from the Bad Batch a little too much, I think. So that's probably why they wouldn't put her in there. If they do put her in there, it's going to be after, let's say, the Bad Batch dies, which I hope I'm wrong. I hope they don't. I hope it goes on for many more seasons. And Ahsoka takes Omega under her wing. Something like that. I also don't think that we'll see Rex again. But hey, I hope I'm wrong. So we did see that they left it open-ended should they run into any trouble. They can call each other on their cell phones. <laughs> you know, so to speak, on their, their comms. It would be pretty nuts if Rex returned to help them out against a big bad like the Inquisitors, or worse. Now, my question is also, where is Maul during all of this? You know, what is he doing? 
he must be trying to find an army of his own to fight against the Empire. He knows Sidious is now the Emperor of the Galaxy, and he knows his former master is even more powerful than before. So what can he do to combat that, to get his revenge? Maybe we'll find out. I think Cal Kestis could be introduced. He'll be very young, he'll be about 13 years old, and with him and Omega being the same age, they could meet briefly, only to be seen again in the Ahsoka show, or Mando season 3 perhaps, or maybe another animated show. This season could set a lot of groundwork for future shows and animations and live actions. I'm very, very excited for the next half of the season. I can't wait to see it. I feel like now the show has truly just begun, in the words of John Kreese, Sensei Kreese, and I will see you guys in the next episode of Star Wars Theory. And of course, the next episode of The Bad Batch. Let me know what you guys thought of it. This was a 10 out of 10 for me. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. Leave a comment, leave a like, and hope that my allergies get better. I'm sorry, I hope I didn't sound too stuffy, but have a great day, and as always, may the Force be with you.